0: You are listening to the Super Freak Media Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please be sure to show your support and follow us on our other social media platforms. Check out the links listed in the description of this episode to find out more. Thank you. I want to preface this episode by stating that this is a love letter to Buffy the Vampire Slayer and not Joss Whedon. Buffy is more than Joss. Buffy is its fans, the actors the crew, the writers, and so much more. And it's not to say that we do not recognise the role that Joss Whedon had in creating this universe, but we choose not to discuss that person in this episode. We want to celebrate the show and its legacy. We stand in solidarity with Charisma Carpenter. Ryan Reynolds, if you are listening, I'm free on Thursday night. If you are free on Thursday night... I'm Come on, available. Liam, you'd you'll be free any night. <laughs> <laughs> two homos called Liam turn into a couple of slayers. <laughs> and yes, queen snake. Yes. Are you in a white snake video? What are you doing over there? St- get our teeth into all things <laughs> horror and gay and <laughs> woo! I'm feeling my own. Let me feel my own. This is the one, folks. This is the one that I've done too much preparation for. Um, I think my place of work won't be too happy uh, with how much I've spent on Buffy so yeah Buffy the (laughs) Vampire Slayer is what we'll be discussing this episode all things Buffy we'll be discussing a few things about the original film mainly the TV show and then an expanded universe there, so hi. Hi, other Liam, how are you? <laughs> yeah, I am absolutely buzzing. Yeah, it's, I, I can't honestly believe, I mean, obviously we,
1: we said that we were going to get together and do this episode on Buffy. I can't believe it's been 25 years this month mm-hmm. since Buffy slayed <coughs> her way onto our screens. I think it's, it's insane that it's been that amount of time and also the fact it's still in the forefront of pop culture. Yeah, people quote it, um, people talk about it all the time. We're,
0: we're gay, we won't let things like this die. I mean,
1: um, I think the yeah. exact anniversary is the 10th of March. Are, are you doing anything special? For, for yes the day. Uh, well
0: well i'm not I'm, yeah I, I say something special my something special will be i'll get home from work and i will be binge watching some of my favorite episodes Morning. and i'll probably have a read of a few of the dark horse comics some of my favorite mm-hmm. issues in particular because the expanded universe for buffy is absolutely insane so kicking things off then how did how did you get into buffy so i remember an advert playing on bbc2 um it was yes. just before the simpsons aired and it was like coming soon do you like girls well no um, but <laughs> yes um, do you like vampires do you want to see a girl fight some vampires and I was like yeah
1: yeah, yeah of course I do <laughs> was that legit the advert that's what it asked you it, 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 it
0: didn't I'm just yeah <laughs> it, in my slightly head, paraphrasing <laughs> in my head that's how I'd market it do you like girls do you like hunky boys I do not care for hunky boys Like, <laughs> do you like Anthony Stewart Head? All that—that's oh, how they should have marked it. Do you like Anthony Stewart Head? Yes. Sign me Watch up. Watch this yet. show. <laughs> um, so that's how I found out about it. And every Thursday night, it was on on BBC Two, directly after two episodes of The Simpsons. That is and- unlocked a memory. Like I, I can yeah. remember it used to be on BBC Two. I remember watching the first episode, being absolutely terrified and wet in my pants yes i'm old enough to watch it when it was airing so yeah take away from that what you will
1: (laughs) this this is it i was going to say did you so did you get into it then from the start so you were pretty much in it from 97
0: well yes but so what was really funny though was i watched it and i watched like we got to episode three and I was telling my mum that I couldn't wait to to watch Buffy tonight and she was like oh I like Buffy and I was like what you <laughs> like Buffy turns out my mum liked the film and she was like oh have you watched the film of it then and I was like no it's a TV show mum stop being stupid yep you know like I little... mean, I
1: I heard about the film after the TV show as well. So I was mm-hmm. adamant that the T V show is the first incarnation of this character. I had no idea yeah. that there was oh, this no. film. I mean, I like was years before
0: in ninety seven so I was very young. So <laughs> yeah, I had no idea as well. But then I did watch the film and I must have watched it in between season one and two. Mm-hmm. And I I liked the f I really liked the film. And well, I loved the film. Um less so have I gotten older, but that's because of She Who Shall Not Be Named in the role of Buffy Summers. But yeah, um, what about you? How did you get into Buffy? Well,
1: 97, I would have been extremely young. I would have been four. So I didn't get into it right away. I actually didn't watch my first full episode of buffy until way after it had finished um i can -hmm. remember at the time it was out because i I used to like catch episodes of the simpsons and again like you i was absolutely terrified of like the episode of buffy that would come next i can remember Mm -hmm. it was always in the intro because i mean this show just has an intro that you just cannot theme
0: tune not skip that you. intro at all ever Damn. Buffy and Golden Girls I can't skip the intro <laughs> Thank
1: you for being a Like I go- love a good title sequence and this is mm, uh, I think this might be where it started to be honest Um yeah. but I can always remember you know the episode where uh, Willow falls in love with the demon inside the computer and there's that <laughs> shot of that horned demon turning to the camera yeah, I yeah. can remember that literally scaring me it's like (laughs) absolutely shitless when i was was a kid um and it was actually one halloween my mum used to buy me like a buy me like a bag of like treats like it was christmas at halloween um and one of the gifts she bought me i think when i was like 10 or 11 was the best of buffy dvd so it had all these episodes on which was essentially like quintessential Buffy. So I watched those episodes completely out of order, but fell in love. Like a nerd, I actually collected the Buffy magazine and that's how same. I got all the DVDs. Yeah. Um, I stopped when Angel came.
0: Oh my god. <laughs>
1: I just got I just I, I've not watched any of Angel.
0: Oh my god!
1: Find maybe a bit weird. Buffy, I've I've watched probably the most out of any TV show now since yes, then. Same.
0: So Buffy is my favourite TV show of all time. Mm-hmm. I've got In my mum's loft, I have tape recordings of the, like, VHS recordings of them when they were airing on BBC Two. Amazing. I have the VHS box sets, which I went round charity shops collecting, and I have three different editions of the DVD (laughs) box set, which are near enough. The only thing that changes about them is the box art. Yeah. Yeah, well, why not? I mean, it's, uh, if you're a Buffy fan.
1: Yeah, get into it! Well,
0: one thing that I want to get into, so... Mm -hmm. I've got three questions for you. And I'll obviously answer them myself. But the first one is, who's your favourite Buffy character?
1: Okay, aside from Miss Summers herself, I'd have to say Willow. I always loved Willow. She was probably always my favourite. I mean, I had a big crush on Alison Hannigan anyway growing up. But I think it was the fact that she was kind of like the nerdy character but was equally... I saw her as equally as powerful as Buffy, obviously towards the end with Mm -hmm. her delving into like magic and stuff like that. I don't know if it was as well. Obviously, we'll get into it. The fact that this character then turned out to be a queer character. So she was very much with women towards the end of the series, but of course started off with Oz. And the bisexual in me was kind of like, okay, I see this person... kind of getting with with both (laughs) is this is this a thing that happens but yeah i i think i i just always liked that she was the smart one they'd always go to her if they needed like something working out if it wasn't Mm -hmm. giles so she she, yeah she was my favorite what
0: about you so i have two and i can't choose between the both of them because i love them both equally so my first one is giles um So not to get too deep into it But um, I didn't have a dad growing up So Giles was like my (laughs) father figure (laughs) Did anyone have a dad growing up? (laughs) Um, What's a dad? <laughs> I know what a daddy is, though. So. Oh God! I mean, no, Giles. No, um, well, yeah, there is, there is that. That's that's the that episode
1: path. where he lets loose with Joyce, and uh, yeah, band, yeah, season three, band candy, yeah,
0: yeah, incredible. I love episode. how you're but, just
1: reeling off the the titles.
0: You just know uh, your shit, don't you? When it comes to uh, Buffy, w- when it comes to Buffy, yeah, that's the degree I should have gone for. But um, <laughs> yeah, so it's Giles because I just love everything about Giles, and obviously Anthony Stewart had is a phenomenal performer. I I could go on and on, but my other one is Faith. Um, Yeah. Faith Lehan is um, absolutely, like I thought I had a crush for so long on Eliza Dushku and to some extent, maybe I do. Yeah. Um, But I thought, obviously I was watching a show and I remember the first episode where Faith came in and I was like, oh my God, she's she's everything I want to be and more. And um, then you got really deeper into the character and you found out more. And then, what's incredible is in the dark horse continuation um so in the dark horse if for anybody who doesn't know is a comic book company who did season eight nine ten and eleven uh in the comics and there was a comic just dedicated to giles and giles and faith so okay was, so that was like, like your your yeah. best comic ever then yeah yeah okay so yeah um and i'll get into it in a bit more Later, oh, yeah, but I want to now know have you got a favourite episode? Yes, I do have a favourite
1: episode. I've written this down so I can reel this off like you. Season 4, episode 10, Hush is by oh, far yeah. my favourite episode with the, uh, with the gentleman. Do you hear that? Can't even shout, can't even cry. The gentlemen are
0: coming by, looking at knocking on doors they need to take seven and they might take yours can't call to mom can't say a word you're gonna die screaming but you won't be
1: heard I, I think as a series it was groundbreaking anyway with the things that it would do in terms mm-hmm. of like against the norm and i mean you've seen other shows kind of do similar things like i i I always can in my mind i always compare it to things like x files and um -hmm. supernatural maybe more recently as a tv show where they kind of obviously they, they had like mysteries per episode or they had like the monster of the week but the fact that this show took those bounds, and especially with Hush having a near completely silent episode is insane. And for it to be one of the most terrifying episodes of TV ever... I mean, I literally in in preparation for this i was re-watching buffy anyway but i think I'm, I'm only into season three like the end of season three at the moment um and i was like do i skip ahead and watch this but this was quite late last night and even now yeah. i was like i'm not gonna watch watch hush before <laughs> bed because just the thought of like these things
0: gliding past oh, the window wait, wait, wait. And, uh, a huge ugh. shout a huge shout out to the gay icons that are the gentlemen. <laughs>
1: I'm gay. The,
0: ca- <laughs> the campest <laughs> villains you will ever get.
1: It's the way ever. that they remove the scalpel out of the, the medical case and just the flourishers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just they're everything. They are
0: yeah. the champions of the <laughs> Limpress brigade. I love it. <laughs> so, they really
1: are. I've never thought of it like that, but they are they're as camp as a row of tents, aren't they? They're just so they're like camp.
0: Like before, I have two favourite episodes and Mm -hmm. for two very different reasons. So the first one is season two, episode seven, Lie to Me. It's the episode where um, Buffy's like old friend comes back and nobody really trusts him. Played by the beautiful Jason Bear who was in Roswell, Roswell, which I was obsessed with. It was part because I really fancied him, but I really love that they you got a little bit more of Buffy's history and it has one of my favourite lines and it's the actual closing lines of the show. Does it get easy?
1: What do you want me to say? Lie to me. Yes, it's terribly simple. The good guys are always stalwart and true. Bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats, and uh, we always defeat them and save the day.
0: No one ever dies, and everybody lives happily ever after. Liar. And then she calls him a big fat liar, and the episode ends. But... <laughs> Bonsoir, Je m'appelle Big fat liar. Liar. <laughs> um, yes. My other one is season five, episode sixteen, The Body. Now a lot of people yes. the body appears yeah. quite high in a lot of people's lists. Yeah. Um, but similar to Hush, it's because of the sound design in it. There's no music scoring any of the scenes in this, is a completely raw, visceral episode exploring grief. Uh, yeah. in its various stages, but I think it has some of the most standout performances in the show. It's yeah. where you got to see that these people as well like the show you get to see a lot of dramatic acting in this you get to see a lot of comedy acting but this is where you're just like oh my god these people are some chops especially SMG
1: really shows off what she can do in this episode 100%
0: absolutely and then um, Anya does a speech where she she doesn't understand why this is happening and she'll never get to live again, and she'll never, and it's just, it it's breaks heartbreaking. my heart. Every, yeah. I've just got goosebumps. Yeah, um, literally, but, same. Yeah. But I don't understand. I don't understand how this all happens, how we go through this. I mean, I knew her,
1: and then she's there's just a body, and I don't understand why she just can't get
0: back in it and not be dead anymore. It's stupid. It's mortal and stupid. And, and Xander's crying and not talking, and, and I was having fruit punch, and I thought, well, Joyce will never have any more fruit punch ever,
1: and she'll never have eggs or yawn or brush her hair, not ever, and no
0: one will explain to me why. This is where we start crying on the podcast for the first time. <laughs> I, there's, there's a chance I may do because this show does mean a lot to me. So yeah. on a more serious note, who do you find the most attractive on
1: the show? I think I've, I'm not going to lie. I think I've always had a bit of a thing for Xander. Um, oh, yeah. other than obviously I, I had my crush on Sir Michelle Geller. I can remember going through school. I was, I, she was like my desktop background for a good few years <laughs> <laughs> while I was in secondary school. So yeah, I think Sir Michelle Geller and Xander, I kind of always wanted them two to get together. I knew it was mm. never going to happen because they were like best friends, but I, I don't know. I, I know that they became like brother yeah. and sister and that happened, but I always felt sorry for Xander because I always thought, I was the Xander in, in those situations. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. But I don't know. I think the obvious choice would obviously be to talk about some of the other sexy vampires in the show.
0: But what yeah. about you? You're
1: so, going to talk about
0: a sexy vampire, aren't you? <laughs> to, keep, to keep the ball rolling, I'm going to talk about two sexy vampires. And of course, I, I can't be team Spike and I can't be team Angel. I'm team... Both of them in bed with me at the same time. Oh, wow. I'm team Eiffel Tower. <laughs> team I'm Eiffel Tower. Team... Oh, wee. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Spike was the bad boy everyone wanted and Angel was the one that you everyone wanted to bring home to their mum. I just, oh my God, the pair of them together are just, just beautiful. But saying that, I had the sweetest crush on Oz for a good while. I just found him to be the most... Charming, cutest little little freak in the world. It doesn't stop there. I fancy near enough every male character who comes into this show. I'm not gonna lie. They just decided I mean, yeah. when they were casting this, they were like, let's get the hottest. And shout out to like there's maybe one percent of me that's bisexual because let's not forget Eliza Dushku, charisma carpenter um yes. SMG herself, Emma Caulfield. They're just everyone's really sexy in this show. And it yeah, reminds me absolutely yeah. they're an attractive Scooby gang where i want to go with this so um we've talked about some of our favorite people favorite episodes but is there any standout moments in the show to you like well that no matter how long you know it could be years since you watch watched an episode of buffy but are there any like standout you... moments you can think of
1: i think that the body which obviously we've mentioned always stands out because it was such a a break in the show like mm-hmm. the the whole uh, that season was about them kind of defeating this great evil and then for them to have this break and it to be something like so mundane and so human that yes. happened that completely defeats the slayer was such a i mean it, it's uh, it is just incredible uh, writing everything i think that that mm-hmm. episode i think the finale uh, is i think it's a divisive one for a lot of people but yes. i still really enjoyed it and I like the fact that all bets were off and obviously spoiler alert we do lose some of our favourite characters and I don't think that's always something that happens in TV show finales I think sometimes Producers, directors, whatever, writers are scared to take those risks. So that was, that was great. And I think they did a great job with that. There's certain monsters that kind of stuck out to me and maybe yeah. had an impact on me, obviously, like the gentleman, uh, De Kinderstad, uh, Narl, the episode <sighs> Narl freaks me the hell out. Even the Praying Mantis Teacher episode kind of gets me <laughs> a little bit. Like, I mean, it's, it, yeah, it, it's, there's a lot of like standout moments and mm. it's funny when, when I was looking at like the series and the episodes to see that each kind of season had some real standout like monsters. It's like, you know, yeah. like when Dr. Who had like a good week and you were like terrified after watching yes. an episode of Dr. Who, it was kind of like, obviously very much that growing up with, with Buffy as well. But what about you? Did you have any standout? standout so moments? yeah,
0: there's, the, uh, I mean, I could cop out and say the whole show, Um but mm. obviously like there are the iconic monsters and, and yeah uh, for me one of the episodes that doesn't get its dues uh, to me is Inca Mummy Girl um mm, Yeah, it's, it's just kind of heartbreaking I think it's that really episode. it's such a tragic episode and then obviously yeah. Buffy makes the Buffy's there like oh we, I don't think I should kill this girl yeah this girl's killing mm. people but she's kind of like me and it's just mm. like yeah, yeah, so I always think of Inca Mummy Girl, always stands out to me. And then uh Ban Candy, which we discussed before, because the Halloween episodes of Buffy were always yeah, so good. Absolutely. I mean, you've got you've got the Halloween episode where you know you've got Ethan Rain and mm, I want to go with the man with the musket. Um <laughs> where everybody turns into their Halloween characters and then obviously you've got... It's such a genius idea and I can't believe it's, it's so like not good. been done before. Like that, that's so good. crazy. And it's and anyone who's tried to imitate it since just hasn't done it well. But yeah, the Halloween episode, so ba- oh my God, but Band Candy was so good. The one where all the adults turn into teenagers at night and you've got Giles becoming Ripper again, who's like <laughs> just <to> a <kinda> complete <laughs> thing on yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you've got Joyce Summers being... A little hoe, and <laughs> she was and, such a hoe. <laughs> and good for good for her, honestly. Um, and, and in fact, if it weren't for Giles and Faith, I think Joyce Summers would maybe be. I think My she's favorite definitely,
1: character. I hate to, to use the expression, but I think she's definitely a MILF of the nineties, hundred percent. So, no, I get that. I think just thinking about it, uh, Prophecy Girl, the finale of season one, I think was a really, Incredible. really good moment. The moment so, she realizes, you know, when she says, I'm 16 and I don't want to die and she mm-hmm. knows that she has to die and all she wants to do is just go to the dance with her friends. And, yeah. and I mean, I think. Um, obviously, we'll get into it uh, talking about the original film, but I did like that they kind of carried over that moment of her uh, having a prom dress and a leather jacket and all of that. Yeah. I thought that was ace. So. Wanted
0: a leather jacket for so long because of this show, um, <laughs> and a prom dress and a prom dress, obviously, <laughs> yes. But that's uh, we can we can take a moment then to talk about some like iconic outfits in this show, this the show because this show was impeccable, <laughs> in, mm-hmm. like impeccable taste and. Uh, whoever was in charge of wardrobe for that, for if for every single episode, just nailed it so well. Some standout moments would be, um, obviously, the prom dress with the leather jacket, spikes, leather trench coat, uh, mm-hmm. and to me, Willow's <laughs> just Willow's wardrobe for the first couple of seasons, just being <laughs> completely horrendous in all the right ways. <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, so bad it's good. Oh, so that's, my, that's, I mean, that's what she's going for. To be fair with with how you know how much fashion takes a resurgence some of the stuff she wears now you are like oh i've seen somebody wearing that like if you watch euphoria it's some of them are watching that, much, wearing that now yeah ab- absolutely absolutely
1: it's very much back in style i think the 90s isn't it at the moment and i mean that's i suppose I don't know it is dated in so many ways like when you look at the show like I mean particularly obviously yeah. the tech I mean there there was um, an episode <laughs> I watched recently was Gingerbread you know where they get accused of being witches and Willow is on the clunkiest laptop and I'm like, there's no way she's connected, like, wirelessly to the library with that thing. Like, there's oh, nothing no. happening. But it adds to the charm of it. I think yeah. it's very much a show of its time, even though it was so progressive. I don't well, know. I reason- can't imagine it being made now, if that makes sense, with no, today's well, technology.
0: That's the thing. The, there's a current run of comics by Boom Studios who have tried... who's done a reimagining of Buffy for the modern age. Mm-hmm. Um, they... they, I. It's not my cup of tea, and maybe it's because I'm too much of a, I'm, a purist. I'm, never, I'm not a <laughs> not a purist because um, I think you can enjoy both. But like, I don't know. Buffy holds too much of a a hook on my heart, especially being in that time period. Because yeah. I
1: has she got um, has she got an iPhone like in her hand on the front cover? Is that the yeah yeah so, yeah? So, I, I was yeah. gonna
0: say when I, I, and, I kind of looked, I saw that and thought it was a bit odd, but but uh, like like the factors like Cordelia. Is a completely different character in it because obviously in the show in the 90s, if you wanted to be the popular girl, you had to be the bitch, you yes. had to be the one, who, the bully and stuff. Whereas she's the complete opposite in the comics, yeah. in the reimagining. She's, she's woke. <laughs> she's she's really nice. She's woke. Yeah. She's like lovely to everyone because obviously how you'd be popular back then. Translating that to now, just wouldn't you? Just be you'd be called a dickhead if you were just like, treating people Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. Um, but then, like, one good thing, because I think the character who hasn't aged well out of everyone else is Xander. Yeah. Xander's not aged well. Xander now, he's just an incel. Xander's yeah. ca- whole character. And he's quite... And, I mean, I'm not going to mention Hugh will not be named, but he's very... You read Xander. It felt now, like it was his voice, yeah. maybe coming through. Yeah. I, know, I know what I mean. Yeah, but it's the way that Xander treats women, and you th- like with the first when you're watching it in the 90s or even in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. you don't really see it as much, and you see and yeah. it's played it's played off for, for laughs. But nowadays, you do think Xander, you're f- you, you need therapy, hun? You really yeah, need therapy. <laughs> yeah. There's there's point. a lot to unpack there, isn't but, there? But um, one thing that sure. they do one thing that they do in the reimagined comics is they make Xander so much more likable and so much more realistic. And the fact is you find out he's got this online blog and he's mm. talking about being deeply, deeply depressed and yeah. having to put on an act and you really like it, it harkens back to the Zeppo episode where you find out Xander just doesn't feel like he fits in at all. And he's the butt yeah. of the joke, but it ramps that up even more. Yeah. And yeah, you find out that this character is so deeply flawed that every action that he makes comes from a place of trying to get people's attention and stuff. Whereas that never came across in the show. And if you do watch the show now, you, like... I'm not shitting I know what on you Xander. Mean. I'm not yeah. shitting on Xander too much because obviously I, I love him. I, I just love him, but there are certain concepts with Xander that really hasn't aged well at all. Yeah,
1: yeah. I know. I know what you mean. I mean, I think as well. What I always thought was quite unique about the character was he really was, I suppose, the only character that was there that didn't have like this special skill to bring to the table other mm. than to be... I suppose he was the glue, wasn't he? He held everyone together and he was, he was valuable in that sense and I don't know, I suppose, yeah, definitely if that character was written nowadays I think his his approach to the female characters around him, I know particularly obviously in the early days towards Buffy, he gets very very yeah, know, kind it's, of it's, yeah, very creepy. whiny and mardy yeah. and kind of obsessed he, with the idea the, of getting with her. He's
0: the, he's the nice guy and he's mm. like... Buffy should be with me because I'm the nice guy. And it's. I like- think what made it more obvious is like
1: when you said Oz came along because Oz was a lot different. Yeah, he was a lot more pure just in his motives and, what, um, and well, chill about things, obviously. Well,
0: but Oz ended Oz ended up pissing me off. But yeah, we'll go. <laughs> um, Oz yeah, and Baruka. <laughs> Baruka. I I can remember as well
1: you know another thing that of how I got into Buffy this might be something I don't know if you were going to talk about when you talk about the expanded side of it but did you ever play with Top Trumps as a kid yes I had the Top Trumps Buffy kind of set and I can remember always seeing there was a picture of Veruca in that and I can remember (laughs) saying to my mum like I'm sure this is something you get on your foot and she was like yeah it
0: is and I was like oh okay yeah she is a fungus ingrown horrible (laughs) anyway um, but while we're speaking on Veruca Veruca, that's one thing I do want to talk about now is the music in Buffy, because mm-hmm. I feel like the one good thing about Buffy the Vampire Slayer is it's got this core cool cast of characters, but it has certain places that end up becoming characters of their own. Mm. So the Bronze, for example, becomes a character, I think. Absolutely, um, yeah. And we get some of the best music in the Bronze. Veruca's band, for a start, is there's a song called "Over Fire" by a band called THC. I listen to that a lot so I listen to a lot of the music from Buffy there's an episode where they get Chibo Mato in there singing Sugar Water and you just get some just get some incredible music in there I always I was so annoyed when I got to the age of like 15 16 and realised that the bronze was a complete bullshit idea because where was
1: someone not made it like how is it not a destination somewhere like some weird
0: 90s grunge bar that you can go and well that's what i was expecting when i was (laughs) to say when i was in high school i was fully expecting to every week be in this bar yeah and dancing like the hoe that i am was um (laughs) those spaces
1: definitely didn't exist for me like growing up i can remember i think there was like under 18s nights at like at the ice arena like you go skating to a disco one evening but that's not i don't know brooding in a corner with a <laughs> bloody swing chair and it being all smoky and there being like a live band no now, i know what you mean i think that obviously the high school the library the the magic shop um uh, even obviously the house like that very much becomes like a fortress I, and a, a place at the end isn't it as well every
0: t- every time a new sims comes out I create Buffy's house on there. No way. Really? Yeah. I have to try and make Buffy's house on there, or I try and make like the library or the magic box. She um, had a great house though. Like gorgeous house. Can can we just ask what their
1: insurance policy must be? Because oh my every bloody episode that window I gets think, smashed
0: in. <laughs> I think the insurance companies who were in Sunnydale were making an <laughs> absolute bucket they really were <laughs> they must have been because they were the real times, villains of the show
1: <laughs> the amount of times the ground collapsed
0: uh, a hell portal appeared and we just lost several buildings and oh well that's, gosh. That, the, the show even expands on that which is really cool especially in season three when you've got you get introduced to the mayor mm. richard wilkins but then you find out that you know oh, okay. The police are in on it and the, the principal's in on it. So people do know what all this shit's happening. And then I love that. in like, so I feel like season three has one of the strongest finales ever. So literally just watched it last night.
1: The, the the whole reveal
0: is, well, it's not, it's, it's the lead up to that as well. Say, so you've got the, the prom, which makes me cry yeah. when Buffy gets a class protector award and you've, yeah. everyone's saying how you've always like, yes, we don't really pay you much attention, but we know you've always been there for us. And then yeah. just that finale of all the, all the <laughs> class of 99 are, are banding together to to fight this evil. And it, you get a real sense of, oh, everyone in Sunnydale knows what the f*** is going on. So why the, the, the rent must be so cheap for them. <laughs> <laughs> that's it they're homeless
1: anywhere else but they come to Sunnydale they get given a house just to feed the vampires um, but yeah that, that reveal the, the mayor just being like i <laughs> uh, it's such a great transition because obviously we then go from school high school into and I love that line as well where I'll say says we survived and they're like, yeah. yeah, we did. And he's like, No, we survived high school. Um, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. obviously the rest of the the next seasons and so on are going to be college and onwards. I think it's yeah, yeah it's great. Well that's so good.
0: Um even though I was very young watching it, that the journey I went on with Buffy really mirrored life at the time. So before we get into some deeper things with Buffy, because I do want to talk about it more than just surface level. Take a moment to just go back to the movie. Um, yes, yes, for sure. So if there are people out there who don't know, you may not know, and that's fine. Uh, but there is a movie that came before the TV show. In fact, the TV show references the movie quite a lot. And yeah. They even have a few callbacks. But yeah, there was a film with Kirsty Spot on the Floor Swanson as <laughs> our titular character. But also... The I thing think- is, what's
1: funny is I've written down the entire cast apart from her name. <laughs> <laughs> Even well, though she's the, the titular character, I think yeah, it's, it has. Uh, she's a controversial one, isn't she? Outside of yeah, the acting, I suppose. We'll well, say.
0: Yeah, well, acting acting used in a very loose term, but um, <laughs> but that film does have an incredible cast. I mean, it you've really got does. some. You've got some icons in there. You've got the beautiful, beautiful. May he rest in peace, Luke Perry, playing Pike, and then you've got his best mate played by. David Arquette, who, again, beautiful, beautiful man.
1: I mean, I, I said this to you before we started recording. I think the the complicated feelings that it made me have when he turns into a vampire and me finding him more attractive with pointy ears and fangs was a little concerning. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I've, I've always loved David
0: Arquette. It even had some great, like, characters who were, like, background characters who were big names. I mean, Hilary Swank was in the film as one yes. of Buffy's, like, on-and-off-again friends. You've got Paul Rubens playing one of the greatest vampires who's ex- ever existed on screen, and also reprises that role in what we do in the Shadows uh, TV show, yeah, uh, which makes me very happy. And then you've got Buffy's original watcher, Merrick, played by the icon that is Donald Sutherland, yeah, who in this is camp as. It's he really is. He's he's
1: kind the- he's creepy as hell, I yeah. noticed. Because I mean, I will say I've only recently just watched this, um mm-hmm. because I thought, do you know what? I might watch like where it started to then contrast it to the series. And I will say it very much made me grateful for the series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I I mean there's there's a lot that is improved when the, the series just- was made like 5 mm-hmm. years later. I mean um, it does some yeah. great
0: world building and mm. um the idea like you really get the idea of what the Slayer is from yes from that film and it's it, you do get this whole valley girl becoming this instrument of of yeah. good but it's also got a really fun cameo in it in a very small role, but Seth Green plays yes. one of the vampires in it, who obviously then goes on to play ours. But yeah. um, going back to Donald Sutherland as Merrick for a moment, there's a bit in the film where he's like training with Buffy and he just goes up and he flourishes his yeah. he and does, it's
1: There's no reason
0: at all other than just no. to just be campers balls. Absolutely. And I, I really want to know whether that was his decision. I think, I think oh. he ad-libbed that 100%. <laughs> to, be, to be. But no, for anybody out there who's curious about it and hasn't watched the film it is i think it's worth a watch um
1: yeah for sure i mean i i, I will say i wasn't the biggest fan of it and i think again mm-hmm. it's kind of like when you have i don't know the luxury version of a food that you absolutely love so i don't know you have a yeah. marks and spencer's pizza and then you have an asda smart <laughs> price special it's kind of like there's yeah. no comparison um but i yeah i i, I was surprised at the cast at how many people mm-hmm. were in it Ben Affleck popping up as well on the basketball court yeah. and just randomly being uh, a bit weird, and Rutger Hur, so obviously he, he is, yeah. Rutger Hauer <laughs> just being as well the as kind of yeah. um, Dracula-style character that we've we've he seen.
0: He really reminds me of Leslie Nielsen in Dracula: Dead and Loving It. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sure, for fact. sure.
1: I would say as well, going back to Donald Sutherland, I'd say he's the perfect bridge between Anthony Head's Giles and then mm-hmm. Peter Vincent from Friday. Yeah, I feel like absolutely. he's the he's kind of like the middle ground between those two characters. The main problem I had though with this, and I think obviously what changed a lot when we kind of then got to the series was the dynamic of the characters and the friends. Um, yeah. Obviously, Buffy and Pike were kind of like the two characters you grow to love and kind of stay with at the end but the the girl group her group of friends were just awful like they were all like the worst versions of cordelia especially hillary swank but they were
0: (laughs) to me they were it it caught it was a big callback to heathers to me Mm. that was that you've got that buffy was very much the veronica but she was still also like a girl and then because at one point they're even dressed like the heathers and you're just like am i I might as Almost well be watching things, Heathers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Um As well, one thing, if we're linking it back to the queer side of things, one thing I did think which stood out as maybe a staple of the times was the scene where Buffy gets on a motorcycle and before she does that, the, the biker men are like, do you want to feel some real power between your legs? And she's like, <laughs> no, thanks. Rob's the motorbike. And as soon as she does that, gets called a dick. No, no. <laughs> Incredible. Like, progress.
0: <laughs> We've Happ- made progress. Happens to the best of us, really, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> Every Saturday night for me. <laughs> really. um, but yeah, it was it was interesting. I don't think it was what I expected. I will say, I think the casting was perfect then to go to Sarah Michelle Geller. But one thing that yeah. did kind of creeped me out a little bit with the fact I was like I was obviously watching it and hearing the lines and it still very much felt like the Buffy TV series like some of the dialogue like when she's walking and she's like I'm alone any vampires and that sort of thing like it was very it was interesting not what I expected um, but I'm glad we got the the TV series if I'm being
0: honest (laughs) and to be fair the the Buffy film has the iconic cheerleading moment where how funky is your chicken How Loose Is Your Goose, which I won't stop singing now. How funky is your chicken? How funky is your chicken? How loose is your goose? Our goose is totally loose. Really stuck (laughs) in my head. My hole is totally loose. But it's great because if you do watch the film and then go back to watch the TV show, it does call back because you cause Buffy mentions a lot about burning down her old high school gym. And you realise, oh, yes. that, that happens. And then there's a really good comic retelling of the film that really bridges the gap because Angel turns up in it and everything. So there's oh, wow. a comic reimagining of the film where the likeness is Sarah Michelle Gellar, but also Merrick appears in season two, I believe in a flashback scene, but it's obviously pl- not played by Donald Sutherland; it's played by someone else. And, and Sarah Michelle is put in this really awful wig um, to show <laughs> that she's younger. But um, oh, is it's, it is a great way to see where Buffy was when she came to Sunnydale because she still had this ballet girl mentality yes. and then became, it, it's, what I love the most about Buffy is it's very rare that you root for the main character in a TV show, I think. Absolutely, um, yeah. Especially especially as a queer audience watching it, it's not usually the main character who we resonate so much with. But mm-hmm. I feel like Buffy's journey resonates so loudly with a queer audience. To Absolutely. me, more so in season two and three than... Any other, mm-hmm. for example, in season two finale, becoming uh yep. Buffy comes out to Joyce as a vampire slayer, and we get the the iconic line: "Honey, are you sure you're a vampire slayer?
1: I, I mean, have you tried not being a slayer, Mom? It's because you didn't have a
0: strong father figure, isn't it? It's just fate, Mom. I'm the Slayer. Accepted." And then gives Buffy uh, an ultimatum, saying, "If you walk out that door, don't ever come back." Which yeah. So a lot of LGBT youth at the time was a very similar conversation that was happening. Mm -hmm. And Buffy decides, I've got a, there's something greater in me than what I need from here. So goes to live a life and then we find out she becomes Anne, this weird waitress stuff. But, (laughs) um, but that aside, that to me, that's,
1: that's it. Like that character, as you said, the the Slayer is the perfect metaphor for being queer. And I mean, it's, it, it speaks so strongly on a, a queer experience in the fact that she has no choice in being the Slayer. That no. is who she is. She's born that way, the same way as so many of us are born the way that we are. And Okay, Lady Gaga. No
0: sleep. Bus. Club. Another club. Another club. Another club. Plane. Next place.
1: <laughs> um, but I, I think, yeah, as well, I think the like you said, with the lines from Joyce, like, is it because you didn't have a strong father figure in your life? It's like, <laughs> it couldn't be more on the nose, but at the same yeah. time, not be kind of, I don't know, patronising it's, it's, to a it's queer not audience. Beating you, yeah. yeah. It's
0: not beating you over the head with it. And I think mm. one of the strengths that this show has is when it does start to introduce, it has queer themes, but never is outrightly queer until we get to season four with the introduction of Tara McClay and Mm -hmm. Willow's subsequent attraction to Tara, um, which to me was the first time I saw on screen a queer relationship that wasn't demonised, wasn't the subject of hate and abuse from the outside world. Mm-hmm. It was this really beautiful, complicated love story of mm-hmm. someone coming into their identity. We can talk a lot about, you know, Willow is canonically bisexual. She never gives up her attraction to men. Mm. Um, but the show doesn't make you feel that because it does push the lesbian narrative more than the bisexual. But yeah, um, the, the queer lens then goes on to, to Willow and Tara, who are... Two characters who, if we talk about like callbacks to like the Tumblr days, if we're talking about an OTP, (laughs) it's Willow and Tara for me every day. I think it's one of the most beautiful relationships to watch happen on screen because Mm. these were two characters as well, who, if you saw lesbians portrayed on screen, particularly, you know, if they were in a relationship, one of them had to assume the role of the man by being butch or, you know, presenting as mask. Whereas It never happened in Buffy. They were both too feminine. It was just so organic,
1: wasn't it? And I mean, again, going back to that kind of the episode of Hush, that that to me was such a turning point of an episode because that that's where I feel like they physically feel that spark between them uh, when Mm -hmm. they create the magic to kind of get the vending machine against the door to stop the gentleman. Like it's it happens in such a a unique way and I mean I believe like when I was doing research and actually looking at it I believe they were the first lesbian couple to be featured on a primetime uh, like, prime yeah. US TV yeah so it's it was way ahead of its time I, and I mean like we're talking like late 90s early 2000s yeah. this was happening like still now it's I don't know I still don't think we figured out the right dose of, of queer representation in TV mm-hmm. all the time so uh, yeah, I, I yeah, completely agree. I think they're but this, they were my faves. Um,
0: what? <laughs> the, although the their relationship does then end up going into a, a trope that uh, nowadays is. I mean, it was tired back then, but it just wasn't spoken of enough back then. Was the Barry gaze trope and Tara? Spoiler alert! But. I, it, <laughs> I want to say spoiler alert, but go much, Buffy. Um, but in, at the end of season six, Tara dies in order to further some tragedy in Willow. And when I was reading this, I found out that she was originally planned to die at the beginning of season six. But Yes. But yeah. They extended, was, didn't they? There yeah. was uh, there was a lot of pushback from a lot of writers saying, no, it's not fair. It's going to come out mm-hmm. of nowhere. and And that whole, because it was coming at a time where Willow was battling addiction, Mm-hmm. And Tara was the perfect audience point of view To see how bad that addiction had gotten Yes, and yeah Again, on a broad sense of the term Was a very much a metaphor for like If you think of the show as a metaphor for puberty in general uh, yeah. not Not just queerness So yeah um, For example, you've got like Oz, a werewolf, can't control his rage and grew hair in places that didn't have hair before. (laughs) You've got Willow who becomes uh, addicted to magic. And then further on the line, we get Dawn, who's like some sort of magical entity, but is really struggling to feel real, Um, which was just resonating on- That was it. It spoke
1: to so many different people's experiences. And I think the queerness just happened to be one aspect of so many that yeah. it catered for and i mean it really was the show that had it all i think even as an older audience i mean like now obviously i'm way out of my teen years i still look back on it and still kind of identify with the characters and maybe things that they're going through i suppose more <laughs> now it's been like since the characters have like left college and then have to be adults like that would have been like my early 20s and but whereas maybe when i first watched it i was still a teenager so i was seeing like you said, the puberty side of things, coming to terms with who you are, all that sort of stuff. That's the thing for horror, like kind of in general. And we do, t- we've, we've said this obviously a few times before. The fact that as a genre, it can speak on so many really deep and important issues, but still do it in a way that's entertaining and isn't kind of, I don't know, it doesn't have to be a gritty kitchen sink drama. It has that fantasy element to it. So it still feels like entertainment, I suppose, in a way, even though you're getting all of this quite deep stuff thrown at you.
0: I'll talk on we'll talk a lot about like the positives of Buffy. I mean that, that's not mm. to say it's a perfect show. Um no. there are as we've said before, there are you know there are some concepts that haven't dated well, particularly um if you look at the character of Spike as well. Spike didn't hasn't aged well. No, I mean
1: it's a show that's about vampires, but it still managed to get those beats in there of like yeah. things that a lot of unfortunately a lot of women, a lot of queer people would come at it and still be able to go, I've experienced something like that, just without but, um the beast behind it, if that makes sense.
0: Well one, one thing um that the show like speaking of Spike, one thing that the show uses its male characters for is to explore the idea of challenging gender norms and I mean it obviously does it with but that's what Buffy was written for, Buffy was written to challenge the idea of you know, mm-hmm. the, help, the helpless female who can't fend for herself and has to uh, rely on a man but more so in the characters of Xander and Spike does it mm. challenge the views of masculinity and what masculinity should be, particularly in Spike's relationships with people? I mean, mm. Spike, if you look at his relationship with Drusilla, for example, he becomes yeah. the subservient, he becomes, yeah. he becomes the the doting one who would do anything for, and he becomes kind of like a whipping boy. But mm. when that relationship ends, you see him trying to assert his dominance. So when he gets into his relationship with Harmony, for example, you see mm. that, oh look at, he's just doing a typical male thing of trying to, like, he's just been under the thumb of someone, so he's trying to really reassert. And then when it comes to Buffy, his relationship with Buffy, he realises as much as he tries to be, you know, the man, uh, tries to be this domineering figure. That's never gonna happen with Buffy, because there's already a pre-existing power dynamic between the pair of them. I just just want to take a little quote um, from an essay that I've been reading of all things. And it's by Amy Chin, who says that Spike occupies a series of paradoxical and liminal spaces that make him impossible to categorise in any post-Enlightenment way, implying that his gender and sexual identities resist modern labels and interpretations. He seems to exist in a space free from today's understanding of sexual and gender hegemonic structure in so much love with this show that I've actually read essays which I haven't done since I graduated so I mean I think
1: it's I think it's essay worthy I mean like we said this this show was decades ahead of its time and I think you know in all fairness talking about the roles of gender I think you know maybe if it was made in the 80s I think Xander might have been the vampire slayer in all fairness in that friend yeah. group and Buffy would have been I don't know like, like obviously how it was set out she would have been the dumb blonde that's there mm-hmm. as bait to lure the vampires in and I think that whole flipping of that dichotomy and and that dynamic between those characters just worked so well. And I mean, led to a series that I don't really think runs out of steam. I think it, it, it ends like perfectly. I'm kind of glad that it ended when it did, because I think with TV shows, especially you can always get to a point where you're like, okay, yeah, like we don't need any more seasons.
0: Well, originally we're supposed to end with season five, and if it would have ended there, I'd have been distraught. But I see, mm-hmm. I see that they did wrap up a lot with the end with season five, and you could before it was obvious that this wasn't going to be the end. You could see bits that you're like, oh, okay, this is. It does feel yeah. like a, a final season, and then season six happened. Uh, people have a lot of rights with season six. I think it's one of the greatest but that's because it contains Once More With Feeling which it, the first episode yeah one of the first <laughs> shows to do like every, everyone's done a musical episode now but this is one of the first yeah. and one, one of the greatest as well my favourite song from that and I listen to it I'd say weekly is I'm Under Your Spell Tara sings to the Willow and then it culminates in The Morgas I mean, and it's fantastic <laughs> good for that but um, also shout out to the I Got The Mustard Out guy they got the mustard. They ah, got the mustard. It's not just us. I, I'm always fighting your corner. <laughs> I love
1: them so much. I love that episode so much, and like you said, so many shows have done that sort of thing now they've had like a special one-off one-off episode and for that to have done that at that time and it be so successful it's just Mm -hmm. i don't know it's it it was a game changer in in so many many ways absolutely it was
0: the show changed everything you thought a a woman should be or could be Mm -hmm. and i think that's why buffy's the success it is today because of the actresses in the show I think. That's not to say that the male actors weren't great but the actresses in the show gave so much gravitas to their performances and yeah Sarah Michelle Geller in this role is, I mean she is synonymous with Buffy now. Uh, if they yeah. were to remake Buffy you know it, I was going to ask you that I was
1: going to say do you do you ever want to see a continuation of Buffy do you ever want to see these characters again in like either a film or tv series or mm, would you ever
0: want to see them recast and it be redone I mean I'm gonna say no but I would never be entirely (laughs) against the idea but purely because I'd have been on board if it weren't for the um, current boom studios comics which have just shown me that oh I don't know if this would work for me but I mean, I wouldn't be opposed. I mean, if we're going to talk about, like, fan casting, if they were to do that, I do have a list. Kelly Rowland's number one.
1: Friday! Well,
0: (laughs) you beat me to it. Sorry. Kelly Rowland would be Joyce Summers. Uh,
1: Kelly Rowland
0: would be Joyce Summers. (laughs) And I mean, because what I would love the idea is her approach, like, her approaching Angel and Spike and being like... No, my daughter's better than some f*** in a Christmas sweater um, <laughs> so yeah we we got okay. the, we got there fan casting i mean there's some there's some great talent out there, but i'd it, it's always changed because obviously to cast buffy now is I've always fan cast buffy in my head as the years go by, but then you have to try and you you don't want you don't want the grease syndrome of like forty old people playing yeah just yeah, but some like Zendaya... Yeah, would, would. would kill it. Absolutely, would be such, because I've really gotten into her from Euphoria, which at mm-hmm. first I struggled with a lot. But I'm not now lie, I've, watched... I, I've I've started watching it as well. I, I yeah. gave into the the peer pressure. I struggled <laughs> a lot with that. <laughs> I show. started doing drugs, and I'm wearing glitter every day. So <laughs> same, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I struggled a lot with that show, and then I started to really get into it. But I think Zendaya's a great, great actress because uh, mm-hmm. I don't, my exposure to Zendaya was limited to her as mj in the spider-man films but i think she'd make an incredible buffy i mean i believe she's 24 so if they were going to do it they'd have to do it soon but But yeah i mean um, linking in with that do you not think that's
1: kind of shows like euphoria maybe mm -hmm. do owe a lot to buffy because although i mean in reflection thinking about it i do think that casting wise we didn't have the most representation in terms of people of color in Buffy, and I do think that obviously is something that's dated and does speak volumes of the time, but at the same time, to have shows like, I don't know, I can think of so many even the likes of Stranger Things, Riverdale, uh, Euphoria, all these kind of shows that have like a teen ensemble cast, I can't really think of many shows before Buffy that gave you
0: that and
1: did it so well.
0: Yeah, it was that, it's the, Buffy's the perfect blend of like a teenage drama and the horror genre, blended Mm -hmm. into one, so we do get like if you look at the uh, to me it's the chilling adventures of Sabrina it's yeah. the one that's cut, maybe come the closest to me in terms of Buffy But I'm so good awesome. that, that got cancelled like me, there was so me much too. more life in that I think there was um, I mean they did really well in expanding on the comics because the comics where the comics ended was the whole story of season one and a little bit into two but so but it's yeah, really to, that
1: short there really isn't that much yeah
0: there's, wow. a, there's only a couple of issues of the of the comics but yeah again I, feel though, like, I
1: love that because of the horror references though like 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 the fact that, Mm -hmm. particularly in the second season, I think they went ham with the the horror references yeah. with the
0: titles and, and everything. But that's, oh, Great. That's, uh, that's just reminded me of another one of my favourite episodes of Buffy is they <laughs> had the balls to introduce Dracula into the show. And it's, <laughs> it's so, so good. good. A lot of modern shows do owe a lot to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And it's mm-hmm. yes, it's not the be all and end all, but it, it kind of did set the blueprint going forward. The one thing I am very gutted about, and you can see clips of it on YouTube, is it was going to be turned into an animated show with the full cast well it was the full cast bar Sarah Michelle Geller. um but they did cast <laughs> somebody uh who sounded just like her, who I believe then they used for the games now if I was you have, gonna
1: say yeah that yeah if, the you games.
0: if you have not played Buffy the Vampire Chaos Bleeds <laughs> find a way of getting it it's one of the greatest games ever made and I used to play I think it was the fifth level where you got to play as Faith and I would replay <laughs> that level constantly. You would die just at the end, so you could restart yeah. the level. Ah, oh, such <laughs> a good
1: game. I mean, again, that like I can't think of like TV shows that have gone on to have the life that Buffy has, like after the fact. Uh, and I mean, we're obviously we're making this to celebrate 25 years, and yeah. there's still comics being created. There's still like this buzz as to whether or yeah. not like there's going to do something. I think I don't. I feel like it was the 20th anniversary when they got all together for Entertainment Weekly and they shot that cover, and I can remember seeing like them all posted on instagram and the first images and just seeing that cast back together again was just um, magic fill my heart um,
0: with joy and they are very active on social media with one another i mean they're mm-hmm. always posting like how much they, they've always commented on each other's instagrams which is really lovely and i mean yeah sarah michelle Geller and freddie prince jr to me are the couple to aspire to be if they ever break <laughs> up couple i will goals. be really really pissed off <laughs> but no i I would like to talk a little bit then about the expanded universe. There are some great mediums out there to check out if you want to explore further than the TV show. As I said, the Dark Horse comics did a continuation of the TV show that lasted four seasons. A really good. And it was some great spin-offs. And it was, it was through the comics that we got to see Buffy exploring her sexuality too. I mean, they never canonized her exact... Sexuality, and it did come across that she was experimenting, but also, like, that's perfectly valid too. People experiment. Mm-hmm. She hooked up with one of the other potential slayers called Satsu. They spent a passionate night together. In fact, Buffy fell under a spell that could only be broken with true love's kiss, and Satsu was the one to break that. But it expands really well, and you, re- you get to see this world after all the potential slayers have been called and become slayers. But then you get to see, because... It explores that Buffy is the oldest living Slayer who's ever lived because they don't make it. <laughs> yeah, make it I was going to say they dispose of a lot, but, um, but yeah. They it, get rid. it explores how that has an impact on her abilities because obviously the sh- the show shows you that she does have all these supernatural abilities and then you find out it was derived from like a demon, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. But it shows you how that these abilities then mature and become a lot more. It gets a lot of characters back who we unfortunately lost, which did make me happy to some extent. I mean, Anya gets to come back, which... Yeah, I mean, that's probably my only gripe with that
1: finale was just how fast they just kind uh, of got rid of one of my favourite characters. But at the same time, I understand... Like this, is, <laughs> like this is war Like it, why it I would can happen never, in an
0: instant This is why I can never be 100% team Xander Because his treatment yeah. of Anya I don't care that He does get different. his eye pulled out though doesn't he So Good. I don't know Good. But she, <laughs> Anya was done so dirty towards the end And mm. she was a phenomenal character We get to see um, Dawn get such a, a, a bigger role Although they, they do end up Making Xander and Dawn a couple Which is a big oh. no 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 from no. me no disgusting i mean disgusting (laughs) can i just ask what are your feelings on dawn dawn so when i was younger i didn't like dawn um Mm. like a lot of people but as i've grown up i've realized how wrong i was and dawn actually becomes a really central character i I believe when dawn was buffy ended up needing that something to as her friends got stronger and her friends Mm. like one became a witch and one got with a demon. Buffy needed someone or something to protect. Yeah, and yeah. I, and then the, di- the to see the dynamic change, and obviously she was hinted at for a while. Um, she was hinted at from season three, I believe. Yeah, and then yeah, we got we got her introduction, and the way they introduced her was perfect to me as well.
1: Hey, hey, how you doing?
0: Cause yeah, as an audience, we were like, "What the? <laughs> f- is, what have I missed?" But <laughs> like, like, it keeps happened? you on
1: your toes, doesn't it? And I think yeah. that. that was then, something it always did. And but yeah,
0: that, I have grown to really enjoy Dawn. I mean, she makes some stupid decisions and stuff. But then again, she's a she's a teenager, and we all made mm-hmm. stupid decisions. But yeah. yeah. I'm guessing you you're not a Dawn fan.
1: I don't think I'm team Dawn. I don't know if it is something that yeah like you said will change over time. I mean, I completely see your point in terms of why she existed and why she was there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it I I think I just found her so like whiny. <laughs> for want of a better word and i I get it i get it's because she was thrown Mm -hmm. into that situation in her age and her perspective i I think you know towards the end like after we'd Mm -hmm. kind of got past the fact that she was the key and all of that had been sorted i think i then grew to like dawn and didn't mind her so much it was the fact that it was literally all about like oh no i want to feel human and I'm okay. Yeah. key and why am I here? And I was thinking,
0: yeah, why are you here? Shame! <laughs> but I think Dawn really came into her own in season six um, mm. when um, you found out she her relationship with Willow and Tara become, when they became, yes. like, substitute mothers for her and then that, that whole dynamic then with Buffy coming back and her being like, well, I've already moved on, kind of, but yeah. you're still my sister. So I thought... Um. The the way that the show handled it was very good, yeah. And yeah, I've gone back to it, and I feel like my theory as to why a lot of people don't like Dawn is because when you when you see Dawn, it's always through through Buffy's lens, and you're always seeing. You're always seeing her as the whiny younger sister, and I mean, I've got the middle child in my family. Yes, yeah, see, the- I'm an only child, so that's yeah. maybe why it rubbed it me the wrong she's, way. She's the dawn. Do- <laughs> she's the dawn of my family. Makes stupid decisions. Shout out, <laughs> shout out, Claire, if you're listening. Hi, Claire. Just shading you on the podcast. Jeez. Yeah. She is- yeah. Um, Actually, I talk about you a lot worse than I am on this podcast. I'm being very polite about you on this podcast. So. Um, but no, what I'd, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground with it. But some of the, I suppose, closing statements about <laughs> Buffy that I'd really like to just touch on is its impact on the modern day and we've spoken a bit about like films and stuff being inspired by it but I also feel like there are still there's a whole generation oh generations in every generation there is a chosen one there's new generations discovering it for the first time and you know because I've spoken to a couple of kids in uh, the youth group that I run and mm-hmm. they've discovered Buffy, and they were telling me how much it means to them and stuff. And but they've like mm-hmm. been telling me how you know I see myself in this character, and, this, and it's still it's, it's great to hear it. And we've spoken a lot this about a lot before about gateway horror. I think Buffy is. Yeah a great bridge for young adults, uh, well, young teenagers to get into horror a bit more because there are some, yeah. things, it gets dark, it gets scary. I mean, yeah. the one episode that sticks out in my mind as being terrifying and it, it stays with me to this day is Ted, Ted absolutely terrified. The, maybe because I had a stepdad as well and I hated him. Yeah, it was, um, it was very, very creepy. So scary, but scary, not just for like- that's so very as well. Bad, but like, yeah. scary because- It's the first time Buffy thinks she's killed a human. And it's like, as as I said, it it still resonates to audience in this day. And especially if you grew up with Buffy, it will Mm -hmm. literally stay with you for the rest of your life.
1: I think that's the perfect time to get into it, isn't it? I think as you are kind of maybe simultaneously going through life at the same time as these characters, Mm -hmm. it's like it's... it it helps with so much as well as just being a great show. I am fearful that I do think we will see a reboot at some point because I think it's just natural. Like we said, it's not run out of steam. Like there's still a very hungry fan base for it. And unfortunately fan bases mean dollar signs for studios. So I don't know. It's great that we're getting the continuation with the existing characters in like the comics. Um, And obviously, yeah, Mm -hmm. we had the games and, and, and such, but um, yeah I'd, I'd be interested to see where it goes i think for now like i said before it's a show i can just revisit yeah. and i i can i don't know i can pick up any point of any season and know where i am, yeah. know what the the big bad is for that season and it's uh yeah it's wonderful it's by far one of my favorite kind of shows of of horror if i'd call it and that that exists so-
0: I do have a little quiz that I want to get into. Okay. Um, but just before I do that, I do want to say if anyone out there would like some Buffy-specific recommendations, um, I highly recommend, in, recommend watching Angel if you've never watched Angel before. I know. I can't um, believe I...
1: I mean, is, is it definitely worth checking
0: out then? Is, because- absolutely. Because if especially if you're a Cordelia fan, which I am, uh, uh, not so much towards the end of Cordelia's... <laughs> character arc but Cordelia gets expanded on a lot and also Mm. Angel doesn't end when Buffy ends so you get to see the world on screen of what happens after all these slayers were called so yeah so there's that There's the Dark Horse continuation in the comics. I mean, it's worth checking out the Boom Studio comics for the reimagining because it it might be your cup of tea. I mean, personally, it's not mine, but they are still well done. They're very well done and they still feel like the characters. There are some great books out there that expand the universe, specifically Tale of the Slayers, where it's a book with about six or seven stories in it and it's about a different Slayer and they are incredible. There are The Watcher Diaries, which is more about the TV show and uh, there's the script books the script books are really good I have I'm going through all the merch that I've got and, I was going to uh, say I
1: think I literally had action figures I had so many DVDs I had some of the VHS's yeah I had the the book of monsters that was like my favourite thing to flick
0: through yeah. love that and um, if you it's very rare that I'll shout out to other podcasts but um, some great Buffy podcasts are Buffering the Vampire Slayer love Um that it's a couple going through every episode bit by bit but then there's um slayer fest 98 which i always wanted to be on but <laughs> and so if somehow they're listening but that's um looking at each episode of buffy through a queer lens and it's a fantastic podcast I want to test your Buffy knowledge a little bit now. I'm a bit um, scared because I, <laughs> I
1: I like to say that I'm a big Buffy fan, but this is where it, it turns out well, I'm really not.
0: This is a shout out to Harrison Brocklehurst, an incredible pop culture writer who writes for a news media outlet called The Tab. Harrison's a big Buffy fan, and it's the reason why I started to follow them on Twitter. And they've got a quiz that they created and it's titled only the chosen one is getting full marks on this impossible Buffy the Vampire Slayer quiz <laughs> oh good lord right okay so i'm not going to be harsh and go through it all cuz there are quite a few questions but what i'm going to okay. do is give the audience a bit of a taste for it and if you really do like it we'll link the full thing in any description yeah we'll, below. we'll pop it in
1: the description but uh, yeah so, we'll give you time to play along <laughs> it is multiple it, it,
0: it is multiple choice okay so, the first question What is the first line ever spoken on the TV show? Is it A, this isn't a good idea? B, are you sure this is a good idea? C, we're just going to get in trouble? Or D, do you go to school here?
1: Okay. I'm going to say D because she comes to school. It's probably not.
0: It's wrong. It is uh, <laughs> it's? Are you sure you, are you sure you want to be here? <laughs> okay. God damn it! I mean, to be fair, that's that is a, that's a yeah. It's not. That's, it's that's not pretty the, hard. You, yeah,
1: I, I can't think of many shows I'd know
0: the first line of. To be fair. Okay, so Xander jumps in with a group of bullies who kept possessed by an animal. What animal do they get possessed by? I know that's okay. So is it? A, lions, B, tigers, C, bears, D, hyenas. If it was bears, it would be quite funny if
1: they just turned into Mm. big hairy gay men. Um, Yes, please.
0: uh, (laughs) Me. It's D, hyenas. Congratulations. (laughs) Yes. I do like the idea of them being taken over by bears, though. Oh, my God. That would uh, be a whole different, whole different thing. <laughs> so, next question: So, what year was the master's failed attempt to at opening the hell mouth before he tried again in Prophecy Girl in 1997?
1: Jesus Christ! Okay. was it, yeah. <laughs> was it a 1924,
0: b 1937, c 1943, or d 1962?
1: I'm gonna go with 37, just because I know that it started in 97. So I feel like there'll be yeah. an anniversary there. Sweet, cool, ding, ding, nailed ding. it! You nailed it! <laughs> Which, uh.
0: What was the costume shop called where Ethan Rain sold everyone cursed Halloween costumes on Halloween? Okay. Was it A. Costume City, B. Party Town, C. Fancy Dressland, or D. Ethan's? Was it just called Ethan's? Was it D Ethan's? It was just
1: called Ethan's, well Sweet. done. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how nervous
0: I am at the moment. This is—I'm uh, <laughs> never this end of this. <laughs> so just a couple more. So another one. It's an. This is one of the iconic lines. Oh so god. what does Buffy say when she aims a rocket launcher at the judge in the finale of season two? <laughs> Great moment. Is it A? Wanna bet? B duck c that was then this is now or d go to hell
1: i i think it's c because i feel like there's the advent of the rocket launcher which wouldn't have been around yes because he
0: says you are correct because he he talks about uh no no weapon forge can destroy me. well that was then this is now (laughs) bye (laughs) 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 amazing (laughs) Well, you've got one more question because I will leave it up to the listeners to go and find the rest, go and find the rest because (laughs) some of the, I'm trying to, I'm getting some of the the nicer questions. I was going to say, I feel like
1: you've, you've you've not done me too dirty
0: on this. So thank you. You're very welcome. So (laughs) what is Faith's surname? Okay. Is it A. Michaels, B. Lehan, C. Truman, or D. We never actually learn Faith's surname.
1: Uh, I'm going to... I think it's wrong, but I'm going to go we never learn her surname.
0: Mm. It's wrong. It is lehan oh, yeah. That
1: That was literally... I nearly said lehan <laughs> Jeez, I Louise.
0: did. I did say it earlier
1: on in the episode as well. So. Oh, goodness. But, I yeah. obviously don't listen to you then. That's that's what we've but,
0: established. Um, <laughs> well, you've done well. I'll give you um, three sharp and pointy stakes out of five sharp and pointy stakes there was more than five questions and i'm sure you got more than three but (laughs) stats (laughs) counting who needs (laughs) that? i don't do maths i'm gay so um so if you would like to take the quiz yourself as i said we'll we'll pop a link for it down below in any descriptions of the podcast but it is a fun one but before we get into any recommendations this month there are a few little casting things i'd like to See if you knew about already
1: You teased me with this before we started I'm I'm interested to see What could have been
0: It's common knowledge that Charisma Carpenter Originally auditioned for the role of Buffy Mm -hmm. Um, But a really Interesting casting choice Was made for There was a really well known actor who went for Xander's role And I feel like it really would have changed The dynamic of the show a lot And originally Ryan Reynolds auditioned For the role of Xander
1: that's insane.
0: Could you imagine? I mean, I'd have it probably would have... liked Xander more. <laughs> oh my god! I'd have <laughs> I'd have probably have left a snail trail across my TV screen. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord! Mm-hmm. Because if you think about if you think about nineties Ryan Reynolds, he he wasn't the the god that we know today. He was still no. like, a little bit dorky looking. But then, if you think about mm. when the TV show ended. He was in, like, the Amity- Amityville remake. Um, yes, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, that was around was that, that time, s- wasn't it? He was or, very or, buff. Or in, like, Blade <laughs> 3, where he's, like, topless had been tortured and he's got a six-pack and a hairy chest and...
1: Oh, my
0: God! Do you want me to give you a minute? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord Ryan Reynolds if you are listening I'm free on Thursday night if you are free on Thursday night come on Liam you'd be free any night (laughs) (laughs) don't lie don't tell him your schedule just uh, yeah you're open in more ways than one yeah Um, so yeah just closing in on Buffy if anyone ever has any thoughts about Buffy or wants to talk for hours and hours on end about Buffy the Vampire Slayer please just slide into my DMs and talk to me about Buffy because I love it more than I love a lot of people that I know, so. <laughs> <laughs> the truth, the it truth. Me. Buffy, Buffy won't f***ing well. No, no. At least you know where you are with uh, with the Slayer, I suppose. That's uh... So, um, let's get into uh, what we do every month. And let's talk about some recommendations that we may have for one another. So, I know that you have... Maybe a recommend do not watch, so I'm intrigued by this one.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll know she better don't on on one of these. Um, Yeah, so I've got got a recommendation of something that I definitely don't think you should watch, but at the same time, part of me wants you to watch it just so you can experience it and then go, what have I just seen? Okay. Um, And then I've kind of got, a few films two of, of which are they're coming out in in march this month uh yeah. we've obviously only got trailers and kind of a brief synopsis of things at the moment but by the time this podcast goes out like roughly around that time they should be available to watch and they're what i'm excited about so i'll start with the the negative and then we'll we'll end with the okay. positive so um <laughs> The reason I've chosen to talk about this is because I do think it links to a film which is just iconic in the queer community, and that is Clueless, starring Alicia Silverstone. So, Alicia Silverstone, I love you. Yeah. Uh, she's just released a film, uh, uh, a Bad Shark movie, called The and uh, Now, I absolutely love a bad shark film. I love, I love any type of shark film, like Sharknado 8. Let, let Shout me turn me Go shark. <laughs> Literally, I think there's, um, so this, this going off tangent, there's amateur villain space that's um, been, there's I was a trailer going for that.
0: To that's, that's... Talk about <laughs> that. The, the, the art, I can't believe Amityville is finally going to space, but I also can't believe the cover art for this is so bad that it's so good.
1: It's kind of great, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not the Amityville house, but it's a house on an asteroid in space with a oh. weird spider thing going on. But anyway, we digress. The Requin, I would argue, is a tad above the production values that seem to be in Amityville in space. Oh. Um, but. Essentially, it follows a couple who are on vacation because we kind of learn in weird flashbacks that she suffered a miscarriage, so they're kind of like trying to reconnect as a couple. They're on one of these gorgeous floating like villas you know that you see in all the the holiday like kind of yeah. guides um and then this huge storm hits which essentially carries this villa out into the middle of the sea
0: <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: so the, the the hotel room that's on stilts essentially becomes a boat no <laughs> and when I tell you I mean the thing is is Alicia Silverstone I thought was having a bit of a resurgence because she has a, a role which somewhat short in the, a film called The Lodge which I saw mm-hmm. last year which I absolutely loved thought she was great and I got really excited thinking that she was in this um, but Jesus Christ, is this film just bad? And I mean, like, (laughs) I mean, it has to be seen to be believed. We have, we have, like I said, a floating room. (laughs) We have just, it's just appalling. (laughs) We have flying sharks. The sharks literally fly. Yes. (laughs) Um, I mean, just the ending alone, you have to. (laughs) It's, I. I just, I can't. Um, so I recommend you it, either don't check it out or you definitely do check it out.
0: Is it on par with the shallows with the weird mystical seagull that appears so, in them?
1: So the shallows, I would argue is like probably one of the best shark films we've had in recent years in terms of, I think the shark looks great and I do like Blake Lively, but I will say this attempts to, <laughs> it very much attempts to emulate the shallows, particularly with the ending. Um, and it just doesn't. <laughs> like <laughs> it's it just kind of it just keeps keeps going. Like oh, I don't know. I ca part of me wants to go into detail about it just to kind of just tell you, but at the same time, like uh, I very much want you to watch it okay. and then tell me what you think. But yeah, just I, I don't know what she was thinking when she did this film. So either check it out or don't, but it's hilarious. Okay. I'm checking um, it
0: out tonight. So yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I expect messages. I expect to tweet along of you just, uh, You'll if you, you telling me worry. your thoughts. Um, the other like kind of two films that I'd say um, that we've, we've had trailers for that I'm very excited for. And I know you've mentioned as well is X by Ty West uh, and 24 yes. that's coming out 18th of March looks Great! Looks like it's going to mm. fulfil my grindhouse needs that I, uh, Got that a I have. Got a color cast. Yes, absolutely. Mm. And I will say as well, upon rewatching Scream Five or Five Cream, Cream? Um, <laughs> Jenny Ortega, I think probably is. She, I've warmed to her. I think yeah. she she was she was definitely okay compared to her sister. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited for X. And there's also a Korean uh, horror film called Uma. Coming out, starring Sandra yes. O, yes, um, which, Oh. Yes, that poster. Yes, I'm very much liking the look of. It's either going to be great or it's going to be a shit fest. But Sandra Oh, yeah, yeah. Killing Eve's returned as well, so I'm happy. So uh, there's there's my there's my recommendations, my my do's and do nots for this next month. Oh, uh, how okay. about you? Well, I have a
0: big do. Um, <laughs> it's um, surprise, surprise. It's a book, and it's called The <laughs> Fell of <laughs> What. <Dart. laughs> It's called The Fell of Dark by Caleb Roig. It has an incredible cover. Uh, I say this all the time, but again, it was uh, the cover that caught my attention because it's got a pair of glow-in-the-dark vampire Halloween teeth on there. So I was like, oh, I need to see what this is about. But um, it's very similar to Buffy, that it's not the usual, it's quite a tame horror. Uh, It's more drama horror than it is, you know, straight up blood guts and gore um but it tells the tale of uh august pfeiffer great surname just like michelle um is living in a town where um vampires roam freely and people know about them very much in the vein of sunnydale it's called Fulton heights but it turns out it's like a it's like a magnet for supernatural drama and energy and and, uh, very sunny mis- day then. Very yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah, it's, it's very, it treads very similar path. There's like a hell mouth kind of thing, but it's the convergence of two lane lines. And our main character is the chosen one. And mm-hmm. there is some very sexy vampires who he meets and, has a dalliance with, but what the reason why I suggest this is because if you like Buffy, you will really like this book. And if we were going to adapt Buffy into the modern age, um, I feel like a character like August or Augie, as he's called a lot in the book, which I don't like, but um, (laughs) yeah, it, for for quite a short book, it's only three hundred and seventy-eight pages long, I believe. Uh, it does a lot of world building. You really feel drawn to these characters. There's a great ensemble cast, there's queer romance in it, but you also it's it's a coming-of-age story as much as it is. There's so very much in the same vein as Buffy. There's like two <laughs> sexy vampires who you can't decide between. Um <laughs> it's yeah, always
1: with it, the love triangles, isn't it, in yeah. vampire films? Constantly. It says Team Edward. Um, But yeah, (laughs) (laughs) were you actually Team Edward or were you Team Jacob?
0: Team Edward. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not Team. I'm not Team Jacob. The whiny little sod. Bella, where the hell have you been, Loka? I'm. I'm a Twilight. The people who
1: run the Lionsgate TikTok page need
0: Uh a raise because they are just um, everything i'm a twilight apologist i've gone full circle i hated twilight so much that i now love it so uh, okay. maybe one day um you'll be listening to my dulcet tones talking about twilight but yeah this month's recommendation from me is the fell of dart by caleb roick uh, as well as the million and one recommendations i gave you for the buffy expanded universe but um On uh, another note quickly for anybody who was listening last month, pre-orders are now open for the sequel to Clown in a Cornfield. Clown in a Cornfield 2, Friend Own Lives. Uh, The pre-orders are now available. I'm guessing that's a
1: spoiler because I'm I'm currently reading Clown in a Cornfield based on your recommendation. I'm having a whale of a time with that. I think it's great. But um, yeah, part of me was a bit like, mm, okay, is, uh, <laughs> is yeah. this is this a clue? Um,
0: it may not be. I mean, we got Jason yeah. Lives, didn't we? Oh, so, I, oh
1: yeah, yeah. I suppose.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, I stand um, corrected. So pre-orders are open now, and pre-orders are really important uh, when it comes to book sales. Not more so than the books themselves, but they're very important for the authors because it gets more traction and it gets more publishers interested and it gets more retailers interested. And, you know, they get more money for their incredible hard work. So if you are interested and you did like Clown in a Cornfield, please pre-order or pre-save the book wherever you can. I was going to talk about a little bit about news, but you literally stole what I was going to talk about. I was going to talk Stereo about Thunder. <laughs> Amityville has gone to space and <laughs> we may, whether we're better off for it or not is yet to be seen. But speaking
1: of... Obviously, in news, uh, there's been a preview for BBC Three's new horror TV show called Wreck Oh, yes. Which uh, does feature a gay lead, which obviously uh, is is creating a lot of buzz at the moment, isn't it, online? And yes, does. is. I, um, I'm, I'm quite excited for it. Uh, I know that it's all fairly shtum. I don't think we've got a trailer yet. But no. I think, is there potentially like a murder mystery sort of thing going on? They've, I feel like... Yeah,
0: they've not really given too much away. We saw... Um- we saw some screenshots of, well, we saw, yeah, we saw some frames from the TV show, but that's, that's about it, really. I'm really intrigued, mm. especially when the big thing about it is obviously there's a queer lead in yeah. the show, which, yeah. I mean,
1: I think the BBC and especially obviously BBC three now being back as a TV channel, I know that the one of the main things that it's kind of plugging is the fact that we've got, Uh, uk versus the world on drug race um but i do feel like they have kind of taken risks with their tv shows um before i mean in the flesh is a great BBC 3 supernatural drama and i mean that Mm -hmm. was a few years ago now um that we had that i think back in 2013
0: lip service which was like the uk equivalent to the l word was okay, incredible
1: yeah i mean th- th- this is what i mean it's it's things like this and i think very much buffy again harking back to the point of this episode the point of this episode emphasis Wait, on mr point. pointy <laughs> mr pointy um I, I i think it really did open doors um and mm-hmm. it's 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 good to see that it's it's still happening
0: <laughs> yeah well I would very much like everybody to dim the lights. Um, I have a hundred <laughs> no, reason. Yet. Just turn the lights down. Yeah, just turn the lights down. Um, yeah, Save the an electricity. Energy, <laughs> there's an energy crisis happening here in the UK. Jesus so.
1: Christ, my bills. My bills are going up. Not in the yeah. way that you want
0: at the strip club. Not yeah. those bills. <laughs> an extra £100 a month for me. But yeah, that's Anyway. Um, I have a scary story I'd like to tell you all, but you'll have to wait a minute because my cat's trying to get my attention. Bear with. Silla black is back. I was like looking at her and she meowed and I looked at her. And the minute I looked at her, she started to lick her own minge. So... Lovely. She just thinks she just wanted to tell me. Yes, I'm very proud. Daddy's very proud. <laughs> also very jealous that he can't lick his own a- so, yeah. Um Wow. I want you to dim the lights as we... Dive into another real-life horror story. Surprise, surprise. I was on Grinder, doing what you do. I started talking to this guy, and he was sending me some pictures, which looked a bit odd. I told the Uber driver not to leave until I gave a thumbs up as something was off in the pictures he was sending me. However, I was halfway up the drive to meet this guy and the Uber driver left. He opened the door and it was very clear that he'd catfished me and used some younger photos of himself. But I was there in the middle of the suburban desert at 40 degree midday heat in Arizona. We walk into his front room and his sofas were all wrapped in plastic, looks like something out of Dexter mixed with a 70s vintage VHS porn. (laughs) which, funnily enough, there was vintage 70s VHS porn playing on the TV. Oh, good God. I asked, I asked to, use, to his use his bathroom room. just so, <laughs> I, could so I, could I could splash some water, water on my face to get out, out of it, it make, make it look, look like, like I looked I ill, looked Ill, Ill and, and looked like I'd like just gone through something so I could get out, out of there. there. <laughs> <laughs> while I was in I there, there I, booked I booked an Uber. So, I walk out of the bathroom to find him stood outside. Fully erect, trousers around his ankles. I yelped, spun around, and made eye contact with a huge poster framed of Princess Diana. Oh, no. He stroked my shoulder and told me he liked my accent. I remind him of Lady Di. I tried to make a run for it, but the door was locked. So I turned back around, catch him masturbating in front of me, push past him and run myself back into the bathroom. I open the bathroom window and crawl out into the 40 degree Arizona heat. My Uber comes, I go home. There's a message waiting for me on Grindr. The photo. the photo lady, lady Di. die the, the end, end.
1: <laughs> how did that oh my lord i don't even know what to say
0: incredible <laughs> i mean i know i know the person very well who sent this story in and um yeah. really i thought this was yeah. just some
1: random one that you found on the internet no you no know so, this person.
0: So, um none of the stories you hear on this show have been found on the internet they are real life accounts that have happened to people um so yeah, this happened while they were in Arizona um on a lovely holiday. And um yeah, they they Good walked God. into what sounds like a murder scene. That's it. Eye. As
1: soon as soon as you see plastic yeah. wrap on anything, that's say, where when, alarm bells ring, I was just you're like, say, get when, out. When
0: when would you have, you have tapped out? And to me it would have been the plastic wrap. But then I would or have maybe seen, when the door opened
1: and you yeah. found that it wasn't the person you thought it was see, see yes and no but like I mean you can it, be kind it, of forgiving I suppose of that because yeah. I mean the Once world is cruel all, yeah. and I don't look um, like my pictures online <laughs> no
0: That's neither do all. I neither do I <laughs> thank you Facetune um, but yeah um, but no I think maybe so I would have seen the plastic wrap and I would have been out but then I maybe would have been back in if I'd have seen like the <laughs> 70s poem because I'm like oh wow, okay, I'm chuckle, back in. Wow, wow, yeah wow, yeah wow. I wanted to see like Dirk Diggler on screen in Dirt all his glory. <laughs> love it, love it. Why not? Um, um, and yeah, well, Dirk Diggle was your name when you were a 70s porn star. Big Dirk Wilson, it? I think you are fine. Big Dirk Wilson, that's it. <laughs> it I Kyle. swear, how did you feel when we filmed that? Because I felt incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I, I was fine with it. Um, and I mean... I was ready to help out in any way that I could, so you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> Just to give this some context, this is from a fake 70s horror film trailer that we made where I seem to get my massive <laughs> out, and uh, Liam gets his face melted. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, you chainsawed me in the bath as well. That was, that yeah, was fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you want to see it, go to our YouTube page, Super <laughs> Freak Media. Have some fun. It's it's excellent. We need to make a sequel to that. I don't know yeah, if, that uh, was, if that was one going to the... make
0: a return that honest. was that was so fun um but yeah so that was this month's um episode that was this month's <laughs> horror story that was as was everything. um join us next month as we team up with a, another podcast we're going to team up with the fabulous fairies over at bitchcraft and faggotry a yep. and if you haven't listened to the bitchcraft and faggotry podcast um yeah, huge shout out to them. Yeah. it's a great, great podcast. Need to go over. Great um, group of people. I can't wait to absolutely. To on. So yeah, we'll be teaming up with Daisy and Kyle next month, and we'll be Sarah Michelle gell will be making her way back on the screens as we explore Going from the, one Scooby Gang yeah. to another Scooby Gang. So, see we'll what be, I did there. We'll be exploring the two live action Scooby Doo films. This episode will be releasing towards the end of Women's History Month. Yeah, Um, perfect month for us to talk about Buffy, I think, and perfect month for us to talk about Lady Di. So (laughs) there we go. (laughs) Good God!
1: Oh, but no, another killer episode as always. It's it's always a joy to get together and and talk
0: about weird things. (laughs) Yeah. So until next time, remember that closets were not made for people; they were made for monsters and babysitter killers, and maybe vampires, (laughs) and maybe vampires, maybe vampires.
1: Uh, Goodbye now Bye
0: You've been listening to a podcast on the Super Freak Media Podcast Network. To show your support, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And you can find us on social media in the links in the description of this episode. Thank you for listening.